are back with the Afterwatch. We're watching ReZero, Season 1, Episode 18, From Zero. I'm Tim. I'm Brian. That's right. And uh, before we get into it, it's a pretty good episode. Before we get into it, though, I do have to remind you guys, subscribe if you haven't done it already. If you want to leave us a review, please do over there on Apple or Audible. We'd really appreciate uh, seeing those reviews, getting more comments. Of course, if you have any questions, send them our way fictionalquestions at gmail.com and if you would uh, like to check out some of our other shows over there on fictionalcharacters.net we got My Hero Academia, Food Wars, Violet Evergarden and more. All right. And do do the questions because it looks like the season might end soon. So (laughs) I'd love to have more content before we decide whether or not to do season two. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, just uh, or or yeah, so we can see what to do next. Right. Anyway, so this starts in... Uh, kind of where last episode ended, Puck hanging in the sky, really threatening, you know, uh, as Subaru is kind of surrounded by all occultists and he's holding Amelia, you know, who's who's dead. <laughs> yeah, it kind of caught me off guard a little because uh, sometimes, you know, you go a week or a week and a half before you pick up the next show. And then suddenly I'm like, oh, right. Puck is giant and he's going to kill them. <laughs> well, he's super mad. Well, first he tells Subaru to be quiet because he has to deal with the cultist, right? Mm -hmm. Who I guess we found out last time their plan all along was to get to Amelia. And so they were congratulating Subaru for doing their work. But, you know, he didn't, of course, didn't mean to. But then we're thinking about how maybe those hands that killed her were his hands. Like if he is some kind of weird being or something. I want to talk. I want to talk through a little bit of this, but let me get a little further in before I say it. Yeah, definitely becomes relevant. Yeah, so uh, the Petal Juice, or whatever his name is, tries to smash Puck, kind of like he did in that one episode with uh, Rem. He had her hanging and, and kind of wringing her, like, all her limbs and stuff. Yeah. He tries to do that, but Puck just gets super big. Like, we saw him do that uh, at that one point where he popped out of the mansion when it was all snowing. He did that whole thing where he gets super large. He says something here that's kind of weird. He he wanted to grow a thousand shadows, which is half of what Satella could. Yeah, I I got that too. And in mine, it was translated the, uh, if you really want to kill me, then grow a thousand shadows, half of what Satella could. Yeah, something like that. So what does that even mean? Yeah, uh, I thought this was really big. So it looks like the cult's power is kind of the witch's power because Uh those arms are something that uh beetle juice uses and also because of the witch's stench the witch's curse it's also yeah. explained the arm that subaru has so right. it's di- directly tied to the cult to call all around the witch power and it seems like the witch would have two thousand arms this is implying like two thousand arms and that puck has seen the witch firsthand maybe i guess uh firsthand is a bit of a jump but definitely sure. seems to have some sort of knowledge that it's pretty sure that satella the witch could do without two thousand shadow hands so is puck another one of these creatures or or spirits like one of the sins or something because we have that idea that maybe subaru might be pride didn't you say that before oh yeah yeah i'm still on that (laughs) i still so that that i still think i never considered puck as possibly one of the sins though that that's interesting I always thought like spirit was like a separate thing, but you could be, it could, I could see it. Well, so I'll I'll keep going here. So he, Puck freezes the cultists, uh, Petaljuice, they're all dead. And then he kind of turns on Subaru and says, you committed three sins. And that's where he's speaking in that same kind of language. 
You know, that's why I started going down that route. So he broke the promise to Amelia. He ignored her wishes and then he let her die. So, I mean, some of those were kind of out of his control. Some of those we, we've talked through before. It was things he thought he had to do for his playthrough. Right. Ignoring. And I think you're talking about specifically ignoring uh, Amelia. Amelia. Yeah. Her, her wishes. Right. Um, but the broken promise one is one he could have done. Yeah. And then letting her die seems like an in-between. It's kind of like he's trying. <laughs> yeah, but he didn't know that was going to happen. He was ready to die himself. He didn't know it would turn on her. I don't yeah, think he would have done that. He if doesn't he accuse him of murder, though. No. Which is right. So he's just like, you let her die. So it's like, how much how, that I mean, to your point, I, I didn't consider that point as much as I probably should have because you let her die. The wording is really like, really? Like, does Puck think Subaru is in charge of keeping her alive? Because that's a big task. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You can take these things so many different ways. Anyway, Puck <laughs> says now that since she's dead, he's just going to destroy the world. <laughs> right, according to his contract, which makes him sound less like a fairy spirit type thing, and like a nice area, and more like a warlock pact. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so uh, he does talk about how Subaru, you know, brought all this on himself. He even brought in the white whale, who is was gluttony. Yeah. I really like that, and I really hope that this whole this turns into a thing, right? The sloth followers, gluttony, like you mentioned, Subaru called pride, and then the witch's dead jealousy, and what you're implying, which is Puck might be one of these, or tied to one of these. So, no, what I was thinking, though, is I think last time we were talking about how that one girl seemed to be... Um, Some sort of sadomasochist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and thought that the game or the world all kind of orients around her. What if she's one of those people too? Like she was brought in by the witch to do. So the witch is putting all these pieces in play and they're all kind of, you know, and so then it becomes, what is the, what is the deal? Is she like manipulating Subaru to manipulate Amelia to, you know, help Roswell get the dragon? Is she, you know, is what is going on? What is the big play? Yeah, I think that's worth Definitely worth considering because we're so stuck on, or especially me watching it, it's right. so stuck on Subaru and his role and his... Yeah, very narrow point of view. Yeah, and his tie to the witch that I I didn't actually consider. Like, the witch is probably going to be pretty strategic, pretty smart, and send out more feelers, bless more people. Obviously, he's got a cult of followers. Maybe also the witch is doing. So I, I actually, I think, underplayed how many pieces the witch might have, as you, you put it. I like that. Yeah, uh, I don't idea. know. And again, I'm just spitballing here because I don't know. I haven't seen season two. <laughs> so the cultists are dead. Puck says his, his <laughs> I, you know. Yeah, he he's going to of... destroy the world. And I guess we'll just ignore that for now because, uh, okay. <laughs> right. And he does the whole ice thing where Subaru freezes over as well, kind of shatters. And he, as he's dying, I guess, he hears this laughter and he's like, oh, man, that's that laughter that I hate from that person that I hate. And then he realizes it's, it's him. Yeah, and the animation goes really well with that because when it zooms in and shows the crack, you really think like, oh, that's him. He cracked. Like, not just the ice, just emotionally, spiritually, just that's him cracking. He's laughing. He doesn't even know it. He sounds like Beetlejuice. Yeah, and then Puck even follows it up with your slothful Subaru. Yeah. So what is that? I mean, so Puck obviously knows 
the verbiage knows what's going on. He's speaking in the same, I guess, language that these cultists are speaking. That's what that's what I'm hearing here. And that's what kind of trips me out. Of, is there something else going on within that? So that is a good point. It makes me wonder how much do the other characters that aren't Subaru know about this? It seems like the cultists activity is generally known, but they never told him. They never mm-hmm. thought to tell him, which I get. He's a stranger from a strange land. And uh, why would you let him into your home and tell him all the secrets? But at the same time, like they've been through a lot together. Rem and Ram haven't mentioned anything to him. They're really tight lipped, which again, is good for their job. Beatrice, good at her job, is not going to tell her anything. And Puck just knows all this stuff. I, I think part of it could be back when uh, Beetlejuice was talking to Puck saying, it's, oh, it's, you know, don't call me just a mere spirit because he's basically immortal. Yeah. Um, and then it makes it sound like, I don't know, what's it, it makes me wonder what the power level of a normal spirit is like. Is this unusual for a spirit or is Puck special or is it not? That's that's a side thing. But to your point, like he's lived forever, so he just knows a lot of stuff. So that might be the explanation. Yeah. But he is keeping it all to himself, it kind of feels. Or is he? I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. He has some kind of a goal in mind or at least some play that that's going on where he's keeping Amelia safe or guarding her and we've we've heard him call her daughter as well so whether that's figurative mm. or literal who knows yeah i was thinking figurative yeah i, I was thinking like a super endearing because they're tied together but uh this yeah is because definitely she's a worth spirit art user yeah and and i kind of I don't know, maybe it was too many video games. You know what I mean? I kind of thought like, oh, you're a summoner. So you have like some attunement to it. But because of the contract that was just mentioned, there's actually a lot more there. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it's so strong, one, like you mentioned, uh, calls her daughter, which I I didn't think. Multiple times right now. And the contract is so deep that if it's not fulfilled, uh, Puck will destroy the world. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So that's pretty huge. But like how, why Satella, how is there really only like one or two elves and they're just like huge immortal beings and are super important? That's, yeah, I, I, don't, I know. don't know. I In my head, because I, I don't know what it is, it's almost like there's all these pieces. Has she kind of like put all these pieces back into play? Or is it that because it, at one point it, they were talking about how she killed all the other sins, correct? Yes. So she was the only one left. So the, the only witch. So... Are these people coming back now? Because now we have gluttony is this mob beast, white whale thing. Or is that happening outside of her purview? Like, and now she's having to deal with that in a way? Or is she connected with that too? She, she just like putting chaos out there. When you say she, do you mean Puck? Satella. 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 Okay. I thought so. One of the pieces of lore for Satella was that Satella's not totally destroyed like can't be completely destroyed so it's some sort of weird imprisonment or something right is that correct right Um, and we figure she has some kind of sway over the situation because she has to have something to do with subaru coming into this world and having this power it definitely seems like it now yeah as much as you don't want to think like oh his cool power is just him being a pawn of the witch (laughs) right but uh because of the cultist arms and the satella arm reference here and all that kind of Mm -hmm. feels like seems to be only people that are related to the witch have this sort of thing yeah anyway so that's how the episode starts Mm -hmm. kind of action kind of wrapping up that playthrough because he dies and he comes back he's from the apple shop again with ram 
I thought for for a brief second, as soon as that happened, because of that super crack and the laughter and what Puck said, I thought, oh my god, did he really start from nothing? Because I thought I thought that he had some sort of wording like that, and I'm like, that would be amazing if the show just started from the beginning. Oh wow! Uh, I no, I don't know if it would do that. Uh, it, shoot. Yeah, it'd be way. I'd be at, be a, at a point that's almost like when you played so much and someone races your save. You just don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> right. Would it be would it be worse or better? Because in from his Subaru's perspective, it's kind of like, oh, man, he's he could really take advantage. But then again, as soon as he deviates from the beginning, a lot of the later stuff is ruined or trying to recreate it up to a certain point. Like, that's just it's too much. I don't know. Well, I think that the rest of this episode is basically a conversation with him and, and Rem. They run off to this rooftop and he starts persuading her and, and talking through everything. I think a lot of the problem that he's facing is that he tried to take on too much and he can't do it. He even says at one point, it's like everything's falling through my fingers. I can't grasp onto anything anymore. He tried too hard. Yeah. And it's, it's like he's just losing the thread. He doesn't know what to do. And he really, I think the first thing that he says is, okay, run away with me. <laughs> I, I was like, finally, finally, we might get to see what happens if he runs away. And I'm assuming because of, you know, the way the story structure goes, that'd be, that we would find some sort of reason why he can't, or maybe um, he oh. just runs away and we'll get answers. Like, is there other checkpoints if he doesn't follow the Amelia story? Like, where or is there like some kind of like the end of the map where it stops him? <laughs> right. Will, will the exactly will the arm just kill him at a certain point if he goes too far? Yeah. Uh, will he just like live out a life with Rem and then like 50 years later die and wake up back here at the shop because he never oh, reached wow. a new checkpoint? Right. Like I was like, oh, we get to see something because I always thought like what happens if he just turns away? And I just really glad that he considered it. I think it's a really interesting thing to think about uh and just to put directly into the show i thought that was like one of the most important things is like well yeah i think you've actually brought it up before so it probably is good to address it from the show's perspective like what would happen or what's his thought process behind it because exactly so at least he you, we know that he's thinking about it and and has considered yeah. it so yes she knows that he's pretty impulsive but he's just talking look he thought he could help amelia but at this point he doesn't think there's anything he can do he's tried too hard and so let's just disappear it's gonna be for the best and he asks he just puts it on the line like choose me or choose someone else and it's kind of a nice plea, actually. He's like, I can make it if you're there. It is. It is super cute. But I think and, and we actually get this really cute, even cuter moment, I guess, <laughs> um, where she goes on about how she's thought about what it would be like if they did run away together and that they go somewhere. I guess she has training education that Roswell has given her so she could land a pretty good job. He'd have to do manual labor at first. Yeah, but, I, I love that she has it all reasonably planned out. Like she's correct. not she's not she doesn't have these grand ideas. She's like pretty basic. Like, you know, I've thought about it a lot. We run away. And like you said, she's educated. She can get a job. And then maybe if he studies, he won't have to do manual labor. Yeah, she has this whole life plan, even to the point where maybe they can have a baby at some point. Oh, the and then she starts talking about it might be two girls and, you know, all these kind of things. Yeah, the feisty half demon comment was cute. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But, and then she even says that she's she'd prefer if she died first so that she uh, wouldn't be without him. You know, it's this really endearing moment. Yeah. Uh, well, many moments because it goes on for a while. But it's really nice 
But she says she turns him down because she can see that he doesn't really mean it or what he's or, doing it for the wrong reasons. Correct. Right. He's, and he, he would be leaving the Subaru that she loves the most is one of the things she says. Like they, they could run away, but now she's living with a different version, not the version that we like when he, you know, goes to action and tries stuff and then he, goes to try to save people. Yeah, because he, it would be the giving up Subaru. Yep. And I mean, he he comes back. He gets really frustrated and emotional talking about how it hasn't been easy. Do you know you think that giving up is easy? He tried so hard He and he hasn't made a difference. I, I mean, that's. We've heard him talking about, you know, before how he thought, did I actually do anything <laughs> you know, in that playthrough? But I mean, really, he did, or he, at least he got the pieces in play. He was the catalyst that made things go the way they did, even if he wasn't the one who did all the heavy lifting. Right. And I, and I think it's uh, one thing I like about this, even though it's a lot of dialogue between them is it is it's like the it's still kind of relatable. Like we've had those ideas of Maybe when you're a kid or somebody you like, and you just imagine like, what would it be like to run away with them, right? You entertain these ideas. So mm-hmm. her verbalizing it and just deciding like, well, yeah, I thought about it, even thought about it super specifically, but wouldn't do it. And even his response of just not being able to, it, it, this one comes a little bit, but not being able to take what she says and just like really focusing in on like how he hates himself. And some of the things he says, the, the mixing of what's reasonable and what seems unreasonable, I think is really key because it, yeah, it's so it, much it, like life. Like he's talking about he's getting down on himself and exactly what you said. He gets on, down on himself for the struggles he has being uh-huh. powerless. And OK, I could totally see in the end he's kind of powerless and he's lucky he can do anything. Sure. Maybe he can't affect as much as he wants. That's true, especially when you change like where you're measuring yourself from. And but I do disagree with like some of the other parts he throws in there, like uh, dismissing who he is now. And that's that's kind of what we get to in a bit. But yeah, I, uh, I while I'm watching this, I can relate in some ways to how how just out and like, um, I don't know, transparent he's being with her, you know, about his feelings, about who he is or who he pictures himself to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my head, I'm thinking while I'm watching this, like, okay, you've like died so many times. You've been through so much. I can't think of many people who would be able to have adjusted as much as you have to this situation. I mean, he talks about how before this he did nothing. Sure. Okay. But that's not how, who he is now. Yeah. That part I really disagree with. And that's the part that that's painful because it's the, it's like when you, um, I, I don't know the, the term or anything, but the, mm-hmm. the general idea is you get unrealistic negativity right and Mm -hmm. just spiral and i feel like that that's the one part that's like how just like you were saying how can you dismiss who he is now what he's done now um it probably all happened so quickly that he still pictures himself the same way deep down sure he doesn't think he's changed and and he's got to accept that even though the things that he didn't do before he's he really feel he laments you know his past life that's fine um but he just you can't keep thinking it just would destroy him. And I and I like that this whole conversation between him, I think, kind of pushes him towards not accepting that. Like, you have to disagree with, mm-hmm. he has to disagree with dismissing who he is now. It would suck if you're never allowed to change, right? You do something cool, you work hard, and then someone's mm-hmm. like, nah, it doesn't count just because right. he was lazy in his past. I mean, they just act like it literally never happened. And like you said, he died so many times. There's so much. Like, what is he comparing himself to? Um, yeah. I, I think that, I mean, if you just looked at it at the episode, yes, it's mostly talking, like one scene talking, you know? Mm-hmm. 
but there's so much that's said and maybe that needed to be said to keep going with the storyline. Like we had to get all this stuff out and done, you know, over with. We had to have him reach like some kind of new way of thinking. And he had to talk. And it's good that it's Rem because she at this point just starts going off about all the things that she loves about him, all the things that she, you know, she's naming physical things like his fingers and all this kind of stuff, the way he looks, the way he looks, the way he sleeps, all this, all these different things. And she says it's to counter what he said, all the negativity that he has been pushing. Yeah. And I think it's really close to like grounding yourself when mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if it's like when people have panic attacks, um, maybe you're supposed to look around and look at things you can smell, things you can see, things you can touch. Oh. You're trying to like ground yourself because you don't want to get lost in uh, a okay. lot of what ifs. You don't want oh, to like go down. The street. Yeah. So, I, so it's kind of interesting that the way you phrased it reminded me of something kind of like that. Cause she's like, you, you're, he's thinking about all these wild things saying like, she can't understand what he's been through. And she's like, well, these are the things that are here that I do see that are you know that you can focus on mm-hmm. that exist right now yeah and she even brings up why it is that she cares and what changed you know and we find out it's that moment where he did save her from the mob beasts and she woke up and he still went to sacrifice himself even just to let the sisters get away i mean that was i don't know what episode that was probably episode 10 or something like a while ago but in that last playthrough and um of course that's i think Roswell comes in and saves the day, but he still was ready to sacrifice himself for her. And I think at that point, he became her hero. And so I guess she says that from the time that her sister was attacked and, you know, they were attacked in the village, her sister lost the horn. Time has kind of stopped for her. Like some some part of her never changed, never. um, What would you say? She didn't, she made stopped time, feeling. Yeah, made time move forward again. So I don't know. She mm-hmm. just, it unstuck her. Right. It came, It sounded to me like uh, it gave her hope. It sounded like mm-hmm. she just had no hope. The time Correct. The time aspect is interesting too, but she was just kind of, I don't know, maybe going through the motions, not having hope for anything besides just uh, working off her debt or. Yeah. So they embrace and, you know, she's saying the rem you saved is right here, ready to listen. I guess the whole point is she's saying, let's just start over everything. And I mean, she's very patient with him, but I think it's because she loves him. And she's just like, look, let's just start over. You said your piece. I don't know what's going on with you, but if we can just start from now, start from zero, like just from scratch, right? Mm -hmm. Clean slate. And let's just see what happens. Yeah. And And then the most devastating blow in the entire show so far. Well, it's just he has to say it because he can't. I think he he's being so honest that he can't. You know, I get. Is it a, would it be a lie of omission if he didn't mention it? No, it's it's definitely fair uh, in putting it in that context. I guess it's makes just, it more it's of a, a hard pit, truth. Makes it more of a pity like killing sort of thing, like a mercy kill. Well, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> not not but, kill, but like the are are we talking about the part where? Yeah, he because he comes up and, and says, "Look." Amelia is the one that he loves. Yeah, right to her face right after. Yeah, and she <laughs> My, says she knows. That's fair. With as much attention as she's been paying and how much mm-hmm. she actually cares, it's not just like, it, hers just really seems to, her love for him runs deep. It's not just, oh, he's the hero and he's so cool. It's like she's been watching him closely and mm-hmm. just all parts of it, like the good and the bad. So it makes a lot of sense that she would kind of know. But to say it out loud, she does say, like, you're a cruel man. <laughs> yeah, she does, because he asks if she'd still, even knowing that, will uh, would she help him? 
And uh, yeah, because what she's confessed and been rejected by him. But uh, I, I guess if you greet the future with a smile, then it's worth it is what she says. So, yep. And I do like the that Subaru juxtaposes the, you know, she says you're a cruel man. You know, you could how could you ask me that after this? And then he's kind of like, well, it was hard to ask the person who just rejected my proposal because he was ready to run away with her. You know, that is true. They <laughs> so that was pretty. That was pretty cute. Then, uh, yeah, they just embrace again and she cries <laughs> and he's basically, res- you know, builds up his resolve. He's not going to look back anymore or downward, I guess, is what hey, he says. That's my that's the same thing. I put strength in resolve. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like, OK, he said his piece it, sometimes. And that's what it takes. I think a lot of times people get this stuff built up, all these emotions, what you're thinking. And sometimes it's good to just say it or even just write it down. And then once you've done that, once you've, you know, got it out of your system, out of your brain, like in some way, you can almost put it to rest or you can start to move forward at least. And that's what's happening here. Yeah, I think it's a pretty good uh, mental health episode. (laughs) It it really is. But I think you kind of need it at this point because this show has put him through the ringer. Oh, yeah. I probably will continue. Yeah, and I, I would have not been surprised had it not been for this, uh, if he was just completely broken and just went off the rails and just became pride and evil and all that, right? Like with what Puck did and everything that happened, what he said, the the hideous laughter, all that. I just like, okay, so this could be it. This could be the show changing. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's amazing to me that the show can do so many different things and be so many different things. It can go from horror to action to this is really dramatic. Mm-hmm. On a rooftop, sunset, and, you know, just confessions of love and everything else. There's there's a, a lot of heartfelt things going on, very moving things, and things that, like we've said, are very relatable. So it's, it's amazing to go from that to other things that we've seen, funny or, you know, whatever. Or Beetlejuice being crazy and... Being crazy, yeah. yeah. He's basically a true zealot of his faith, but, you know, a reverse paladin. <laughs> <laughs> or when, when of... he in the very beginning when he said you should have killed me right away i was like that's usually what the good guy says <laughs> <laughs> he's not wrong yeah he's not which is hilarious and his eyes go in all different directions was so good I, his character is, is crazy but also it's, it's pretty funny yeah anyway we'll see where this goes next time because with this resolve comes more action Yep. So we'll see what Subaru decides next time. But until then, our watch has ended. I've been Tim. I've been Brian. All right, take care, guys. at all.